Good morning, and welcome to Love, Death, and Everything in Between. I'm your host, Bram. Happy Tuesday to y'all out there. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day and ready to jump right into this lovely, incredible episode with one of my favorite humans. Today's episode I'm super excited about because, like I said, I get to do it with one of my favorite people, which I have been talking to, you know, a handful of different people in the last little while, and I'm going to probably start throwing in some episodes that I get to do with other people. Today's episode was inspired by my favorite person. (laughs) We were kind of just talking about different like podcast ideas and we we kind of have some big stuff going on right now. And so we decided to talk about it and make this episode kind of a collaboration with us because we're super excited about, you know, some new steps for us. So my special guest on my host today is some people's favorite person, Koi. (laughs) A lot of people's favorite person. So yeah, we're going to have Koi on today and he's going to kind of talk to you about some stuff and I'll ask some questions here and there. And afterwards, when it's all said and done, if anyone has any questions they want to send in for Koi, he would love to ask answer them. He loves answering questions and helping people raise awareness on all kinds of topics. So I'm going to let him take it away from here. So I was born with a condition called E. A-T-E-F, and it affects 1 in 20,000... 2,500. 2,500 births and the causes are known. How many... Are there... How many types of this is there? Um, How many types of E-A-T-E-F? There is five types. Which one do you have? Um, The... The short gap. And what de- what necessarily does this condition affect? It, it affects your esophagus. Esophagus. And E-A-T-E-F. I'm going to say it because it's kind of tricky. Even it's a little tricky for me to read sometimes. It is esophageal atresia, tracheoesophageal fistula. So that's the long version of the E-A-T-E-F. And I'll give it back to Koi. Or maybe I'll just ask you some questions. Um, when did, do you know when they figured out that you had, you, you had this condition? Um, I think I was two. <laughs> it was at birth. Oh, I, I was at birth. Right. Because when was your first surgery? day after I was born. It was. And do you think, do you think having this condition has, how do you think it's impacted your life? It has impacted my life a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Because, because of my effects, I have to have a tube in my stomach. What, what's that tube called? A uh, G-tube. Which, in all reality... Isn't that bad. 
it's not that bad. And it's been pretty amazing for you. I've had it since I was two. Right, you have. Um, and this is kind of our, our big, kind of part of our big news that we're kind of, that kind of we were told. So do you want to tell them what the big news is? What are we going to try for a month? I will not use my tube for the entire rest of this month. And so if, well, if you do use your tube, it would just be for, Water. yep, for fluids, Water. but not for a calorie intake. Like my formula. Right. Because the formulas helped you grow a bunch, right? Yeah, and they're trying to see how much I'll grow without it. On your own. So if you can maintain and grow on your own, what what's going to... Oh. But if I don't, I will have to have it for Just, a little bit longer. Yeah. Because we've been working on this, right? Yeah, we've been working it for a, a long time. What are some of the steps that you feel like that we've had to take to help it so that you can get rid of your tube? Um... I was, like, you just, I was like, you just have to scoot closer so that they can hear. There you go. So what are what are some of the things that you've had to do to work on to get to the point that, you know, we're not going to have to use your tube? Eat healthy. Take care of my body. The number one thing is drink. Drink water. You need to drink water. Like, your body is completely, like, 50 like 90, I don't really know. But you don't know the percentage that I don't it's made really up? know the percentage, but your body is mostly made out of water. So it's huge. What are, so drinking water, is that just drinking water in general, or do you feel like drinking water during certain times has helped? Um, drinking water in general is better instead of just like drinking like, when you feel thirsty, you need to be constantly drinking, or right. you might get sick or dehydrated. Di dehydrated. What's the sign of being dehydrated? Your lips are chapped and your pee is yellow, <laughs> dark yellow. This is very true. What are some other things that you feel like you have learned as you've gotten older in having this condition? that help you taking toms eating small bite bites <laughs> um drinking water all those three things help me a lot through what i'm eating do you ever get food stuck um not really it just goes down slow and then i just need to take a drink of water do you do you ever remember getting stuff stuck when you were young yeah, we're taking, I'm just getting things stuck 24-7. Um, do you remember some of the ways that we would help get food down when it would get stuck? This is something really interesting. Do you, remember, you don't remember that? Mm -hmm. So, things that we found that would help when food gets stuck, and this actually works for everyone, not just kids or adults that have this, but you can use... And you have, we're not really big on carbonation and it's not necessarily really good for his esophagus because he's got connection points that are already weaker. But you get carbonation, you put it, you swallow it and it helps push things down or also pineapple juice. Those are two things that kind of help kind of push things. So if you ever get food stuck 
or you're having kind of issues with that, try two of those and they absolutely help so much. Um, how many surgeries have you had? That was another thing you said you wanted to talk about. 23 to be exact. 23. And I will have another one on the 15th. This is true. Um, do you think surgeries are scary? Not yes and no. What part is scary about it and what part is not scary about it? Um, the scary part is sometimes I get nervous, like, like I get really, really scared. Like, what's going to happen to me after this happens? Am I going to get sick? I don't know. <laughs> but another thing, the good part is, like, I don't have to worry about it. Just, you just need to go in, do what, listen to the doctors, and then get out. That's true. Um, do you think you've, what kind of positive things do you feel like you've learned through having this? Or do you feel like, do you feel like your condition is a positive or a negative thing in your life? What do you think? I think it's a, kind of in the middle. What makes you, what makes you feel like it's in the middle or like one way or the other? Are there times that you feel like? It's one way or one way more, one way less. Sometimes it feels bad and then good, but mostly when I'm not really having anything going on, it just is in the middle. That's just pretty good. Because pretty much now the only way that like you have a lot of things that are really impacted is the reflux, right? Mm -hmm. Um, is that part of so? You should tell them about your next surgery, what what they're going to try and figure out and why we're going to do it. They're going to figure out what's going on with my body because, like, at 10, we had a doctor's appointment, and I was just telling them all, and, like, we both were telling them about, like, what had been going on and what happened because your main complaint is probably just the reflux, right? Yeah. So if we can get that under control, that'll help a lot. What is, have you come up with different things in your head to help on the days like when you have worse reflux or that like you're kind of feeling not as awesome sauce? Do you have different things to help keep you feeling positive or do you find yourself kind of falling into the nothing or like, what are ways that you kind of help when you're having those times where it's not going exactly as planned? Um, I just talk to people, like communicate, like communication is the key. Communication is the key. What do you, how do you communicate during those times? Hmm. How do I communicate? That's a good question. So sometimes... I don't do the best with communicating because it, I don't feel comfortable talking to some people. And, but I do, but I don't really want to talk right now. I mean, right then. And even if that's happening, something to cheer me up is just maybe just make a new friend. 
or like eat something. Like that's a way you can like calm yourself down. Do you feel like you have a hard time being calm when you're having like reflux problems and things like that? Um, when it's tiny, like a tiny reflux problem, I feel good about communicating, but sometimes when it's really, really bad, just stings so much like I don't really want to talk it because it hurts so bad. Do you, have you found that, and this is something to think about too, even when it's super hard to communicate, do you think that it's beneficial too? Mm, yes, you should always communicate when you're in need. So, what's something that you do when it's super bad like that that you can think of so it kind of starts to help because if you're not communicating that you're hurting, no one can help you, right? Right. So, what's what are some things that you do to calm yourself down when you're feeling all those emotions and you're feeling like, I don't really want to communicate right now, I'm uncomfortable, this hurts, and this is an awesome sauce. What are some things that you do that you've that have helped you? Find the main one that my mom, I mean, she tells me is find your happy place. Like, remember all the happy times you had with all your loved ones. What's one of your happiest memories that you like to think about? Say the nothing's kind of trying to swoop in and being like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to take you in and you're going to be my nothingness friend. What, what are, what's something that, what's a fun memory or something happy that makes you go, hey, no, no, no. When I, um, when some, when I have holidays and you bring me presents, it just cheers me up a lot. And I've got a lot of happy memories in this little tiny noggin of mine. <laughs> What's another happy memory that you can think of? Mm. Something that isn't something that you could hold. So like not, not something physical, not like a but, a present or like a hand or uh, a cat, like a memory, a memory that makes you think this is pretty great. Um, have a. Like, when people give me compliments, that's pretty good. Like, when people give you compliments, like, it brightens your inside sun. And I don't know if she talked about it in the podcast, but if she didn't, she should. Well, what's your inside sun? Um, my inside sun is pretty happy. Does everyone have an inside sun, or is this just you? Um, everybody... Everybody has um, inside sun. Even, and if there's any parents listening right now, you should always tell your kids that, you should always tell them that you believe in them and you should always stand up for them. Because some parents, like, just throw them on video games and just do work and just don't really care about what they're doing. They just throw out all this crappy stuff. <laughs> so because they're, everyone has different ways. So you're saying maybe engage more? Engage more with your kids. Because that's important too, huh? Yeah. Because, but sometimes some parents do have to work, but it's a balance, huh? 
yeah, you should still hang out with your kids, not just like jam yourself in your work computer or wherever you want on work. That's true. Going through all these experiences with Koi has been such an incredible time and has taught me so much. It's taught me so much that I, about so many different areas that, you know, I, I had no idea about and even his condition. You know, I, I had never heard about it all. I think of, you know, going to primaries, driving there. I could do that drive in my sleep. I know how to get there until they go to change the freeway a bit. And then I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I get a little backwards. But I think of, you know, how much his his condition has brought a lot of light into our lives. You know, we've met so many incredible people and had so many really cool experiences in going through this, you know, and we, the passion that we feel for, you know, children's hospitals. I mean, we're, we're such a huge supporter of primary children's. Every year, we are constantly donating and doing different things to help them because they have, you know, they've done so much for Koi. And then it's kind of silly because, you know, I, I didn't realize all that they do for so many kids and how many people drive from all over to come there. And, you know, I, I know that they're doing such an incredible job because of like how it's impacted me. Um, how do you feel like primary children's has impacted you, Koi? It has impacted me a lot in my life because without them, I would not be here on this podcast right now. Like, Primary Children's Hospital saved my life. Multiple times. Multiple times. They've got incredible staff. Huh. All the doctors and nurses and people that make everything go the way it does. My favorite doctor, Dr. Skate. Yep, Koi's doctor. Um, his He's over the pediatric surgery, and it's been such a cool experience i think you know having all these doctors follow koi i mean they were there like koi said the day after he was born and most of these doctors have been there from the very beginning and i think that's impacted koi because koi what do you what do you want to do when you grow up be a doctor why do you want to be a doctor because i've had lots of uh, lots of people like get sick and pass away, and I want to help like our friend. Uh, um, who is it that has cancer? Presley. Our friend Presley. She has cancer in her. She's she had breast cancer. She has breast cancer, and in, she's had other types of cancer in her body. Yeah, and she has breast cancer in her lungs, is it? Uh-huh. Her lungs, I'm pretty sure in her brain. It's a pretty crazy thing. Yeah. And breast cancer 
killed one of my favorite cats. It's true. What do you tell people that you always think about can what about cancer, what you're gonna do? I'm gonna find a cure for cancer. Gonna help a lot of people, huh? I'm gonna save lives. It's true. I think of so many different experiences that, you know, we've had. And it's interesting as time has gone on because I've talked to so many people in, you know, just spreading awareness, asking questions, you know, putting putting myself in a place to understand. And there's there's lots of people that, you know, it's hard. This going through some of the stuff, if you have a child who has medical conditions, that is stuff that rocks your world in a way that you couldn't even begin to like understand or foresee like before, you know, like when you start, when you're pregnant or you're like just in the beginning of having a child, it just doesn't come into your brain. And so having these experiences, I've worked really hard with myself, with Koi, you know, to try and find the silver lining to, you know, focus on you know, the positives. And sometimes there's not a lot of positives. There's not, there's not a lot of stuff that makes you feel sweet. You okay? Yeah. Um, oh, another, another fun thing that Koi has. Koi. You I just, feel bark. Yeah, you just reminded me of this. Ar, 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 ar. <laughs> I don't know why it's called a seal bark. Because it kind of sounds like a seal when you like cough. A, ar, 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 ar. That is another sign of... Uh, his condition and that's also a fun time you know you get to he starts to do anything like that and I'm pretty sure 95% of people that are around that don't know Koi give me this look like oh you are this terrible mom and then they look at Koi like oh bless your heart poor thing this terrible mom has got you out in public and I'm like no it's not like that um but like I was saying, I I have focused so much on, you know, the good in situations. And you should even, always look for the good. You should. And sometimes that's hard. In the nine-ish years that Koi and I have been together, I firmly believe that, you know, we... We help each other look for that good because it's not always been easy. There's been times where like, I just cried and it just hurt. There's been times where Koi just cried and, I just hurt. and he just hurt. But, you know, you have to keep trying. Focus on, you know, not giving up explaining how you're feeling, doing all those things, they're going to help. And I think the more that you put your energy and focus into that, it does help. And I'm not saying that all situations you can just do that and it's going to magically do that and it's going to magically make it better. Because I know there definitely was times, especially in the beginning, where... 
I'm sitting there trying to focus on everything and anything positive and it just wasn't helping and it was just hard and I was scared and I was sad and I just wanted to make everything better. You know, that's a, that's a different feeling too when you have situations that you can't fix and especially when they come to your child. And you're just like, I want things to be better. <laughs> Ooh, you're all right. Another. <laughs> Today at the appointment, Koi and I, on the way up to primaries, we're talking and, you know, coming home, talking about it and... I like vocalized to him. I'm like, you know, this is this is such a big deal. You know, we're we're gonna start this trial of not pumping actual calories through his G tube. He can do water for like keeping hydrated and things like that. But we're going to see what he can do on his own and see if he can maintain, see if he can grow. And know get rid of his tube and I think that's something that like we've wanted to do but in the same breath like I I've been so grateful for his tube it's been I was kind of in like talking with all this with Koi you know I was telling him I'm like do you do you know how old you were when you got your tube and he's like I think what did you say at first one he said one and I was like no you were two I was like one year away. Yep, you were one year off. And it kind of made me think about things as, you know, he answered that question because I'm like, man, the things that have changed since he was two, like things have gotten so much better with his health that I'm ridiculously grateful, you know, but when we ended up finally getting his G-tube, like, I, I remember how nervous I was because it's, it's kind of a scary thing, you know? And you're making these decisions to put a hole in your child's stomach and then have them put a feeding tube in and doing all this and being a first-time parent and these medical issues. Like, I, I had no idea what I was doing. Or what I was thinking or what I was feeling. I was just trying to help my child. You know, we were we were having days where like he was saying, I think he I think he said it, or maybe he didn't, or maybe it was just in us talking. But you know, he was getting food stuck every time he ate. And then we're up to primaries and they're having to go do surgery and remove the food and and I'm just over here, like, trying to do everything I can to help him grow and gain weight. And they're like, are you doing this? Are you doing that? And I'm like, I am literally doing everything I can. I don't know if I can add any more calories to what he's eating to get him to grow. And so finally, you know, getting his tube and I think giving him a break, giving his esophagus and his body a break to heal and to grow and learn at its own pace. That's, that's been pretty amazing. And it's pretty amazing to be at the spot now too, to 
see how much he's grown. See how much he's changed. How how amazing that, you know, he's handled all of this. And, you know, I know that's not easy. And especially for a little kid. I've seen him go through things that I've not even known adults that have gone through. And he just rocks it. I rock down to Electric Avenue. <laughs> um, and I'm just, I'm grateful for so much. The last couple weeks, I have uh, really put some hard thought and focuses in into a lot of my gratitude. And I, I have an insane amount of gratitude for so many areas of my life. And I'm truly grateful for it. You know, I'm, there's a reason why I say that I'm grateful for the good experiences and the bad experiences. Because a lot of these, like, you know, bad experiences or crappy experiences have led me to some beautiful areas. It's like, at my, at the time, feel like a red light or a yellow light. But it was definitely a green light for me. And I think I've needed those realizations. And, you know, having Koi has shown me a lot of that. It's opened my eyes to a whole a different level of things. And even going through with some of his medical things, you know. I have this crazy memory um, early on when we were at primaries, and I think Koi was still in the NICU. He spent two months in the NICU when he was born. And I remember seeing people walk through the hallways with their kids, and they had them in a wagon or a buggy or something, and they were pulling them with all their IV poles. And I remember thinking, like, why, why would you want to take your kid out like that? Like, I absolutely remember, like, having having a level of judgment because I'm like, that just seeing kids like that is uncomfortable. Knowing that they're in there and then they're in the spot, like it's uncomfortable. So of course, like I sit there and think, you know, how do I, why, why would you not lessen this uncomfortable feeling for everyone? And then, uh, and then we spent a little over a month in the hospital with Koi after one of his surgeries. And he, he had such a hard time with the whole surgery and the, the whole thing was just an absolute nightmare. Like it, it really was. And he got to a point where they finally took his chest tubes out and they'd taken out a couple other lines and the nurse was like, do you want to go on a walk? Do you want to go down to like the kids room or just walk? And I was like, what? What? I was like, Koi, do you want to go on a walk? Do you want to do that? And you know, this time Koi's, he was almost one. And so he's just like smiling at me. He's just, I'm so exaggerated that he's just like, yeah, mom, <laughs> let's do this. And I, get him all loaded up in the wagon, get his IV pull stuff all ready. The initials do that for me. And we were gone. We walked through that entire hospital every day, multiple times a day. 
I got to the point where we would be walking around and someone would look lost and I'd be like, do you need, do you need directions? And they're like, oh, I'm trying to find this. And I'm like, oh, you're on the wrong floor. You need to go down to this floor and then you'll go left and it'll be right there. And they're like, oh, really? Thank you so much. Like, do you work here? And I'm like, nope, just a mom. What's your favorite baby? <laughs> um, and like I said, it put me in the spot where I was really humbled because I did. I, I'll never forget that, you know, my, my thoughts in the beginning. And then when we actually got to leave the room and you just leave the room, that's really what it was because that was hard. That was really hard. And you don't, you don't realize, you know, how hard it is being in the hospital every time, every day, you know, for you as an adult, then you got to think about like what these little people are going through and how it, how it could shape them possibly. And again, I think that's why I've worked so hard with Koi is because Koi has every reason to throw a pity party and act like, what was me? My life is hard, but he doesn't. Koi fights. He, he he fights the nothing. He doesn't give up. He plays hockey. He likes to ride bikes. He's involved. He he's done all this stuff because his heart. You know, and I've encouraged that. I think part of the reason that you know he wants to go into the medical field too is, you know, he's he's seen what a what an impactful time it's been with the doctors that he has. You know, and I I think as time has gone on, I've talked to more people that have had medical things and that's what's drawn them to go into the medical field is because of their own experiences. And, you know, I, I feel like the people that understand things and they go into the medical field, those are the people that are going to they're going to really change some, change some lives. And they're going to do some incredible things because they have an understanding. Heart. Yeah, they have a, a heart and an understanding that, you know. Soul. And a, yeah, and a soul that gets things on a level that, you know, we understand. But we don't to a degree also because we're not the ones going through these intense times and experiences. And, you know, just like anything else I talk about, it's like. Again, you know, what are you going to feed? What are you going to water? Feed the weed or feed the flowers? Yep. You got a choice. You're going to feed the weed, you're going to feed the flower. If you feed the flower, if you feed the weed, the flowers die. But if you feed the flowers, the weeds die. We all have choices. And how we want to handle things and what we want to focus on even when things aren't great. We keep focusing on the positive. This condition has changed my life forever. And I feel like and I feel like it's it's honestly changed a lot of people's lives. Not just mine forever, but anyone who meets Koi. So if you have something that's going on, medical condition, and it's hard. And it's overwhelming. 
and your heart hurts and you're tired, you know, don't forget to reach out for people. Reach out to people that that love you, that care for you, you know, find, find support groups for people with your condition or your child's condition or whatever it is. There's so much strength in talking to people who understand, who get your heart and your pain. They get the good stuff and the bad stuff because that's what we're all made up of. We're, is the, we're all one. You know, and we're all connected. If you want to, there is a song called We Are One from the Lion King Simba's Pride. If you already heard that. But if you haven't, check it out. Check it out as soon as possible. Because we're all connected and we're all one. And we got to remember that, huh? And some people don't really think like they want to be enemies, but we're all connected. You shouldn't fight. No, because fighting's not going to help anything, right? It's just going to grow and keep on going forever. Yeah, it grows that hate and darkness. And we're not about that, are we? We're about the good sunshine. <laughs> so, we hope that you have a wonderful Tuesday. Amazing rest of your Tuesday. <laughs> and remember, be a good person. And be the change you want to see in the world. It starts with you. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye. Lo- love y'all.